You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am your host, Matt Wilson, and today I am here with Craig Ballantyne. Craig is the author of the new book coming out, The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. Uh, This is something that we talk a whole lot about on the Live Different Podcast, so I'm just excited to to have Craig. You may have read a lot of Craig's stuff um, through Early to Rise, uh, the website that he has been the editor of since I believe 2011. Uh, Craig, you have helped a lot of people start their day right, and we're happy to have you here and uh, have a little chat. Yeah, it's really great to speak with you, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Craig, I wanted to just start off by um, allowing you to, to maybe say, explain how you got to where you are today and uh, you know you're the the author of this new book and you've been the editor of this this motivational site and I would love to to hear your story a little bit yeah the funny thing is I started all the way in the fitness industry back in uh, 1998 I graduated with an undergraduate degree I went and got a master's degree in exercise physiology, and I started writing for Men's Health Magazine back in 2000 as well. So I was a young guy just like you, Matt, uh, back then. And so I built up credibility that way. It was really fantastic. And I started um, selling my turbulence training program on the Internet back in 2001 or 2002. Did that for basically that decade. Um, But I also really wanted to branch off into helping people improve their lives in many different ways. And so I was always writing articles on not only on fitness, but also on productivity, time management, and finding alternative ways to succeed in life. And I started coaching some of my friends in how to do what I did, which was sell fitness information products online from anywhere in the world. And I've, you know, I've been lucky to travel like you are traveling right now. And uh, from there, I got into some mastermind groups, and I you know, met the right people, and I was actually able to take over what I referred to at one time the business of my dreams, which was this website, Early to Rise, which had been started all the way back in 2000 as, in 2000 as well by another a gentleman named Mark Ford. And we, me and my business partner, we bought Early to Rise from my mentor, Mark Ford, in 2011, and we've been running it since. And so there's actually a pretty cool story behind that uh, if we get a chance to talk about that. Yeah, I would, uh, I, I'd love to hear it. Um, as, the, as the readers know, I started uh, under30ceo.com back in 2008 with my co-founder Jared O'Toole and uh, yeah would love to would love to hear your story on how you went and acquiring that property and and what came out of it. Okay, cool. So I didn't get my first business coach until 2006 and that was a really big mistake on my part. So, you know, I recommend everybody listening, you know, even if you find a, you know, if you have, if you're a business type person and you want to uh, get better, you really need to have some type of mentor and it doesn't need to be paid. Um, you know, there's lots of people that want to give advice once they uh, become old guys like me. And so I finally invested in my first business coach in 2006, and the very first question he asked me on our very first call was, hey, Craig, in five years from now, what do you want your business to look like? And in 2006, it was simply a fitness information business. We were selling just you know, manuals on the internet. We hadn't even branched out into videos yet. 
And so I said to him in reply, I said, I want to have a business like early to rise, which was that, you know, the business that I own now. And so, you know, that was, you know, that was just me putting it out there to the universe, I guess, uh, as they say in the, the movie, The Secret. And from there, I just went and started doing the right things. I started connecting with the right people. I started improving my skills in writing. I started branching out into some coaching and so on and so forth. And I met my business partner in 2008. And then we were actually on a trip in 2010 uh, with this guy, Yannick Silver, who does some really similar stuff to you uh, for um, my age group, you know, adventure trips and stuff. And we were on an adventure trip with Tim Ferriss out in the desert, shooting guns and driving cars. And after the trip, me and my business partner, Matt, we went to uh, the airport and we started talking. And he asked me almost the same question, you know, what do you want your business to, to look like? And I said, you know, I really want to just keep moving ahead to my dream of getting early to rise. And so fast forward another six months from that, and he's in a seminar with Mark Ford, the owner of Early to Rise, and Mark and him got talking, and Mark said, you know, I'm ready to move on from Early to Rise. I, you know, I might shut it down. I might sell it. And, you know, Matt was right there. He said, hey, I know a guy that wants it. And so it was five years, three months, and 17 days to the date of that first coaching call with my first business coach when I said I wanted to own this business or own a business like it that I actually was able to buy the business and start running it. And so if anybody's watched the movie The Secret or heard of anything about the law of attraction, I don't necessarily believe that you'll just get your dreams from sitting around and thinking about them. You have to go out and take action. And so I call it the law of action attraction. And you're a really great example of that, Matt, you know, doing stuff, taking action, adding value to the world, and you're going to get the the achievements that you want and hit your dreams. And, you know, that's actually part of the, the perfect day formula of my book is creating a vision for your life and knowing what you want to achieve because that'll help you move in the right direction for it. That's amazing. And I really appreciate how before the call you said, you know, we were, we were just chatting before we started recording and uh, I said, you know, is there anything in particular that you'd like to mention? And uh, you said, you know, I'm just here to, to add value uh, out there to your listeners and uh, yeah, absolutely. Sure, you can, you need to dream, you need to think of things, you need to, uh, in, you know, they say set an intention and that's what, you're, what you focus your energy on and that's the action that you're, that you're talking about. So, so that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, can you tell us where you were able to take early to rise? Yeah, so, you know, we took over the business in 2011 it had actually peaked in 2007. It, hit, it helps people improve their health, their wealth, and their wisdom. And they were selling a product back in 2011 that really helped people improve their wealth. And then that kind of uh, you know, got out of, out of vogue, I guess you would say. It was no longer popular. And so the revenues went back down. And so when we bought it, it was doing okay. And we brought it back up to do much better. We've brought in my fitness business to it. So, um, you know, I, 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 as we started that, I was running my fitness business on the side and running early to rise, but we've now combined them into one and it's really driven the business. Now we have programs for yoga. We have uh, cookbooks. We have online coaching. We have online cooking classes, which is something we're really excited about. And then we've gotten into this, you know, the book publishing for the personal development side of things with, with my book. Uh, that you can, you know, find on Amazon. We actually sell this kit with all these workbooks that take you through designing your perfect life and designing your five pillars for success and designing uh, what I call the rules for your life, which are 
very important to, so that you maximize the structure in your day so that you earn so much freedom in your life so that you're able to, to do whatever you want at night and, and on weekends, which is very different from my generation, which has allowed their work to blend into the evenings and into the weekends so that you know, people my age, we always feel like we're working unless we have structure in place to, to separate work from home life. All right, Craig, I would like to dive in right there because I can definitely attest I might be 10 years younger than you, but I am certainly letting the two blur. And when I'm off, I'm off. You know, when I'm on airplane mode, there's no way to get into light a, light a flare, and I'm probably not going to see it because I live in the jungle of Costa Rica. So that's, that's cool, but, you know, you I personally fall into the habit of working. And if I didn't have other plans, well, then I'm probably going to crack open the laptop. Um, now, had a buddy asked me to go surfing, right, like that would have been great. Or if I had uh, plans to go get a drink with a friend or, or whatever else um, people do during the evenings, yeah, sure, that, you know, you have that blocked freedom time. Uh, but if you don't, I certainly fall into the habit of just starting to work again. Um, if anybody else is listening and falls into that habit, can you tell them how to get out of that habit? Certainly. So the book and, and my ideas on creating a great day is broken down into three segments. And it's based on actually some stoic philosophy from a gentleman named Epictetus who existed 2,000 years ago. And he has a great book called Discourses, but if you just want to read a, a real quick little book on his teachings, The Art of Living is a wonderful book, and it's really inspired my life. And I, I interpreted his teachings as saying one of the most important lessons, control what you can, cope with what you can't, and concentrate on what counts. And then I took those three sayings, and I broke it down into how we can organize our day into morning, afternoon, and evening. And so in the morning... That's when we should be most structured because that's when most people are working. So we may as well work while they're working. So we're not working when our friends have free time. So we get up and we focus on our number one priority. That's really important. And you use what I call your personal commandments or your rules for living to be structured in your day to get ahead of the curve rather than playing catch up. You know, it's don't sleep in, don't hit the snooze button, get up and work on your number one priority. You also should find something called your magic time, uh, Matt, which is what I believe everybody has. Um, some people are going to be night owls. Some people are going to be early risers. Some people are going to have this magic time at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And what this magic time means is that you probably have found yourself really, really productive on some days where you're really just in the flow. And that's when you can literally get three times as much work done as you could at any other time of day. And it always seems to be the same time of day. And so everybody might be different, but if we just keep an eye on our daily habits, maybe keep a time journal or something like that, we'll be able to identify this time. It might be an hour, it might be two hours long. And if we can protect this for our work, then we can get so much more done in a regular day compared to all these other days. And if we continue to do that, then you don't have to work 10 hours a day. You don't have to, you know, crack open the laptop at night to catch up because you've really taken advantage of uh, your best productivity. So that's the morning aspect. And then in the afternoon, we use this system that I call the five pillars of success, and I'm happy to explain those, to cope with what we can't control. And 
there's so many things that you can't control. I mean, you can't control the heat and humidity in Costa Rica right now. I'm sure, you know, as much as the air conditioning is trying to help you, you can't control your boss. You know, if people listening have a boss, you can't control how he's feeling, if he's grumpy, if he has bad habits. You can only con uh, control your responses to that, and you can only cope with that external environment. But there's uh, ways of doing that. And then we use those rules and pillars so that we do open up time in the evening for freedom to concentrate on what counts as Epictetus taught us, which is family, children, hobbies, health, wealth building, whatever it is that you really want to focus on. Even if it's just a Netflix and chill is uh, what I believe the, the kids are saying these days. You know, that is what you want to have the freedom to do. And you can only do that, Matt, if you have structured your day. And so I use this paradox uh, saying, the more structure you have in life, the more freedom you will have in life. And I really believe it's true. It takes people a little bit of uh, a few minutes to understand it. But when I show them, listen, if you're more structured in your workday, you're going to be able to be free at night and you can go have that drink with friends. You can go surfing. You can do whatever you want. Most people tend to get it at that point, and I hope that it's helped a few people to eliminate some of the distractions in their life so that they get more done and have that feeling of accomplishment at the end of the day. Okay, so Craig, I really uh, appreciate how you said that you can only control your responses to the external world. So whatever gets thrown your way, it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, you can't lash out at your, you, you, can't, you can lash out at your boss, but it's, it, whatever comes your way, you just need to be okay with it and realize you can only control the feelings that come up within, within you. You know, you can only control your response because you can't control the guy who cut you off in traffic. You can't control... Uh, the you know your boss throwing another assignment on you. You can't control uh, your significant other and what happened to them today, which then made you you know that then made you upset. And so if people eliminate that, oh, you made me feel like this, you made me feel like that. Well, that is you know you're you're falling back into this victim mindset, and no, you're in control. So uh, you know you can only control your response to the outside world. So I just wanted to, to point that out for everybody and say that I, I really appreciate that that's the angle that you take uh, in your everyday life. Yeah, you dialed it in there with those examples. That's, uh, that's awesome. And so I want to come back to that more structure, you know, more structure will then equal more freedom. So are you blocking, you're blocking that afternoon or that evening time for more freedom? Do you just block in your calendar, this is my freedom time, I'm going to have Netflix and chill or, or do whatever that you want to do? Is that how you actually make sure that you, you stick to that freedom time? Yeah, there's a couple of ways to, to do it. And so it's really having that to-do list at the start of the day, having a not-to-do list, which is eliminating all those temptations and distractions. And in addition to having that not-to-do list, you need to have two solutions for every, every obstacle in your life in order to get all that work done so you have that freedom at night. So let's say that you, know, you go to work and you have a, a friend at work who loves to just sit around and gossip and you know that it can take 20 minutes out of your day 
And so you need to have that on schedule. Okay, I can't do this if I want to get home, you know, and hang with my girlfriend tonight. So what am I going to do? What are my two solutions for this? Well, one, I can maybe close my office door. Two, I can, uh, you know, put the headphones on if you're allowed to wear the headphones at work. Three, you're going to have to, like, come up with some way that won't offend your friend, but will also tell them, hey, I'm working on an important project right now. Basically, you just need to have all of those obstacles in your life prepared for. Now, you can't control them, but you can prepare for them. And that's another, you know, a corollary to, to that uh, law that we talked about before. And so now we've gotten through the day, and we really had a, a, a feeling of accomplishment, which is what we should all have at the end of the day, because research actually shows, and especially if you have employees, this is really important, that people who don't see progress in their life lose their motivation really quickly. And so it's based on research around people who have, um, you know, who work in big corporations. And if they don't see improvement or progress on a big project, they're the type of people that quit or they disengage from work. And so you want to always be, if you have any type of team, showing them, hey, listen, guys, we might have had a tough day today, but we made progress on this, this, and this. So at the end of the day, we want to have that. And then we do one last thing, Matt, that allows us to escape work and leave it all mentally behind. And that's what I call a brain dump. And so a brain dump, you can just do on a piece of scrap paper. And you sit there, you take your pen out, you give yourself five minutes, and you write down all the things that are running through your head. Now, you might be tempted to do this on a computer or you know your iPhone, but don't. Actually use a piece of paper, because there's a bit of a symbolism here that we're going gonna to do to really leave it all behind. So you write it down. Maybe you open up your drawer at, at, uh, in your desk at work, and you put it in there, and you leave it there. And all those ideas are there until you come back tomorrow. So you go home with a free mind. And this has really helped a lot of my coaching clients who have young children, where they want to go home and be present and not have to respond to emails. They really you know, want to focus on giving their child a bath, reading them a story. And so if they're able to do this brain dump at 5 o'clock, it's this separation of work and home. So they can then, even if they have a home office, they can leave that in the home office, go out and be present, which is so important these days. Um, there's so many ways not to be present, but the more you are present, I think the more you're going to get out of life. So that's how we you know, block that time for that freedom in our evenings. Absolutely. And if I think it's a great uh, thing that you can also do before bed and uh, you just take everything from your day and it might be, you know, it might be, okay, well, my kids misbehaved or, um, you know, again, this happened to be my personal life. Well, I am going to imprison it all down on paper and just put it in the drawer and and that's it. So I think that's that's fantastic symbolism, Craig. Yeah, and it's really important that you mention that that example because most people struggle to fall asleep. I mean, maybe they've had too much caffeine, but they have all these ideas running through their head and if you have that brain dump and then you go lie down and you just breathe deeply and slowly, you'll fall asleep much better. So anybody that's listening that does have sleep problems, what Matt described there is a fantastic way to get some of those thoughts out of your head that would otherwise keep you up. Absolutely, and especially the devices that are tethered to our sides at all times with our yeah. uh, iPhones and iPads and computers and television screens, obviously. 
my listeners have, have heard about uh, the blue lights that are flashing in, in your faces at all time and inhibit your melatonin production. But also, this just gets all our, our the advertisements that are popped up and all the hyper flashing Instagram, like literally you scroll Instagram and you, you look at a picture for like two tenths of a second or something as fast as you can tap like or not like and, and you scroll to the next one. Well, all that, all that flashing, all of that hyperactivity is going to make your brain hyperactive, over, overactive. I mean, I, I'd love to see a, a scan of the brain of what your brain looks like after you're scrolling through, going from, you know, your, your, everyone has their uh, kind of routine where they go around, okay, let me check my text messages, let me check my email, let me check my Facebook, let me check my Instagram, and you go around, at least that's what it is for me, and then I'm like, oh my God, my brain with all these comments and likes and pictures and shit that I didn't really care about in the first place, that's going to make your brain start buzzing before bed. You know, read a damn book, (laughs) for God's sake. So I, uh, I appreciate just taking out a pencil and paper and saying, okay, let me, let me go old school and let me just write down and, and take some deep breaths and uh, get that all out of you. Yeah. And, and that's funny that you uh, describe your little uh, routine. Uh, um, a gentleman in Eben Pagan, who's a, a big marketing coach, he, he referred to it as an OCD loop. And I have my own, mine's ESPN, Facebook, uh, Twitter and maybe like a news site. And if you find yourself going through the cycle, you need to find a way to break that cycle because we all do have those little habits that you know can suck up our time either at work or, or at night. And the last thing you want to do at night or even to start your day is to come across a comment or an email that is negative in any way because then that little worm gets in your head and you come up with a million different responses and you know you think oh I should type back this or I should write back this or I should say this or you know I'm going to call my friend and tell him about this so that's why you you really need to avoid checking email just one more time before you leave the office if it's time to go you know just leave it behind and that's why you shouldn't check email first thing in the morning because it sends you down that rabbit hole into bad thinking. And so that's another rule that we put into controlling our mornings. You control when you check your email. So the longer you can stay out of it, the better off you're going to be able to focus on a priority in your life. No, that's fantastic advice. Craig, do you want to take us down uh, your specific morning routine? Sure thing. Um, I get up very early and I get up very early because when I was about 32 years old, um, well, I guess around 30 years old, so I was a personal trainer doing, and doing my online business at the same time. And when I finished being a personal trainer and went full-time into the online business, then I didn't have to get up and start training people at 6 in the morning anymore, and I was able to sleep in a little bit later. But over time, after a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months, I realized I do not like this feeling that I have. I feel like I'm behind all the time. And so that was how I discovered that my magic time is early in the morning. And I am one of those early birds. And so for me, I get up quite early. I start writing first thing in the morning. That's my number one priority. I'm, I'm a writer for 
all aspects of my businesses, while I'm, whether I'm writing a book or whether I'm writing a workout program for our fitness list or whether I'm writing a motivational essay for Early to Rise. And so I do that first thing in the morning and then I do some meditation, I walk my dog, uh, have breakfast, then um, I do some more writing, then I'll have some exercise before lunch and lots of phone calls in the afternoon because what I've found is I'm not an afternoon guy. I don't really like afternoons in general um, and I don't, I'm not able to be really productive in my writing in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm doing these phone calls like we're having right now and, and I have the energy to do that and it's really the right time for me. So that's how I, I set up my day and then come four o'clock, it's one more dog walk and freedom. So I, and then I read a lot at night, like, like you said, put away the screens as early as you can and read uh, before you go to bed so that it puts you in that sleeping mode. So I actually have this little, uh, one more thing I want to mention on sleep, uh, Matt, is I have this 10-3-2-1 formula that I want to share with your, with your readers, if that sounds all right. Absolutely. I love, I love to sleep. So let's, uh, <laughs> and with a guy with a site called Early to Rise, let's hear how you get to sleep early enough so that you can get up bright and early. Right. So 10 hours before bed, you stop all caffeine because that's about how long it takes for most people to, to eliminate most of the caffeine in their body. And then three hours before you stop drinking alcohol. Now that's gonna be a tough one, I know, but the, the closer to bedtime you drink, the more that alcohol actually impairs your sleep. And so you know, I've, I've experienced this quite a bit, even up until about two years ago, um, you know, after dinner cocktails or you know, after work cocktails and you, you know, uh, one leads to two or three or four, and you fall asleep pretty quick, but you sleep poorly. And the next morning you wake up, and not only do you have a bit of a hangover, but you also have a sleep hangover as well. And so three hours before, eliminate alcohol. Two hours before bed, no more heavy, heavy meals. So if, don't eat and then go right to bed. It's not really good for you. Um, it also is bad for um, heartburn as well. And over time... You know, if you've ever known an, like an, an older gentleman who's like 65 or 70 who's got a real gravelly voice, it's probably because he's always eaten too close to dinner and the stomach acid has come up and has eroded away his esophagus and his vocal cords so that he's changed the way that he speaks. And so that's another reason, aside from good sleeping, that you don't want to eat too close to bed. And then finally, one hour before bed, you've already covered this, but you want to avoid the work email and you want to avoid those electronic lights. And if you can do that, then you're going to have a much better chance of having a great night's sleep uh, just using that formula. Wow, that's, that's fantastic advice. Uh, I had known, of course, about the, the alcohol. Um, I, I think caffeine, of course, that's excellent. So that you really got to count back 10 hours. That means, you know, don't have that afternoon cup of coffee. If you want to go to sleep, that half-life of caffeine, that will, uh, that will keep you up and you'll have no idea why because you drank a cup of coffee seven <laughs> hours ago. Um, so I, I totally hear you on that. And the sleep, yeah, you know, you, it's easy to pass out after, after a few beers, um, but if you track your sleep cycle, you're gonna see that you just flatlined and you never went into your natural rhythms and REM sleep and all the stuff that it takes for your body to recharge. But I wanted to ask you, what, a, what exactly is a sleep hangover? Well, a sleep hangover, I think, is actually when you sleep too much and you feel poorly. So I actually uh, misused the term. Or if, you ever, if you've ever had a long nap, you know, if you've, 
when you're when you nap, you're only supposed to nap for about 20 minutes because if you nap any longer, you get into REM sleep, I believe, and then you really you get out of it and you're really groggy. Have you ever had that? Oh yeah, for for sure. Yeah, so it's it's you know having a nap of an hour, two hours is actually more detrimental to you than than have not having a nap at all. So it's really just really you're, during the day you're, you're supposed to keep your naps to under 20 minutes, um, and that that groggy feeling and that headache, which I remember having in college quite a bit when I'd sleep from like one till three in the afternoon, uh, you know, you just wake up and you feel terrible. And I believe that is the official sleep hangover as opposed to uh, what, how I described it. When I, what I described is you just actually wake up after having really poor night's sleep. Sure. But if you if you feel, you feel groggy in the morning, basically, yep. um, no, that that's really cool. And if anybody's interested and I can try to link up this on the show notes of under 30 CEO.com, the guys at barbell shrugged did a fantastic podcast interview with, uh, the doc, a doctor from the Navy seals. And he, uh, outlined the different, uh, amounts of na- uh, sleep that you can get through naps that will recharge what parts of your what parts of your brain. So it's like, okay, if you need a little just creative boost, close close your eyes and go to sleep for 20 minutes. You want to uh, you want to actually recharge your mental capacity, then you could sleep for 40 minutes. You want to actually this is the ones that I just remember off the top of my head. But he said that if you actually want to physically recover you need to sleep for at least an hour and a half but you do that during the middle of the day and that's when you're going to wake up with that sleep hangover as as you called it i actually like the term um but you're going to wake up <laughs> groggy you know you you've been sleeping in the middle of the day and sure that's going to let your your muscles recover um but i will try to link that up it's a, it's a really good uh, it's a really good podcast that's fantastic. Yeah, I'll check that out. Now, one other thing that I want to mention is um, since reading about sleep is I've really gotten into this idea of, uh, from what I understand, is that we go through 90-minute sleep cycles every night. And so if you, you know, if you multiply 90 minutes by four, that's six hours, or five, that's seven and a half hours. So I've always um, decided that if I wake up early and I was trying to get eight hours sleep, but I wake up after seven and a half I'm not going to go back to sleep because a lot of times, and especially if people hit the snooze a lot, if you go back to sleep, you actually end up feeling worse than if you had just gotten up and, you know, fought through the bit of drowsiness or, you know, getting out of your warm bed. But um, there is a lot, or I believe there is a lot of research showing that if you try and force yourself back into another sleep cycle, you just actually make things worse. So that's another reason not to hit snooze in the morning. So if I sleep and I wake up at, you know, after six hours and 15 minutes, I might just stay up instead of, you know, going back to sleep for another two hours or so, because I, I might wake up more tired. I'll try and just have a nap later on. That's, that's really interesting. I'd like to, uh, to experiment with that. And you probably could see that on a, a app as simple as sleep cycle which is available i think free or for a couple bucks in in the app store uh, or something like a fitbit so if anybody's interested in in diving into exactly how their body reacts with that i i highly recommend it um, i was going to ask you matt do you uh, do you track your sleep at all with any um, you know apps I used to do sleep cycle and I just kind of have, have, I feel pretty comfortable with, with my body and just kind of know it pretty well. Um, 
but I, I can be an oversleeper and uh, there are definitely, there's probably once a week or once every other week where I'll just be out for 10 hours and it's probably wow. because, yeah, and it, but it's probably, I will sometimes even plan that um, if it's been after a tough workout or if I know, okay, well, I had to get up early a few mornings in a row to take care of different things. Maybe I had only been hitting seven hours and then if I know I'm just, you know, had a couple real hard workouts in a row or something, then I'll just say, all right, I'm going to go to sleep early and I know I'm not going to wake up till eight in the morning and, uh, and that's going to be okay. But I will, I will feel drowsy or, or um, groggy rather the next day if I, if I do oversleep. So I, I totally agree with you there. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Craig, I wanted to ask you about your personal commandments. I think it's a really great idea for people to have a list of their, their values um, and the things that they, you know, their musts, or as you also mentioned, your must not do list. Uh, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So one, one day, just after I took over early to rise in 2011, I sat down and for some reason I started writing the principles by which I live my life. Um, I think everybody has them, but most people have never thought to write them down. But this idea goes back in time a long way. There's a, a philosopher from, I don't know, maybe the 17th century, Immanuel Kant, who said that everybody has these maxims for their life and everyone should live by their own set of rules. And we all live by rules every day. You know, if you follow the Ten Commandments or if you stop at a red light, you're following rules. And so they do help give structure to our day. And I believe that if you're interested in setting a few of these, you know, most people, again, they, they already live by a few of their own. But you should have one for your health, you know, and like it... it doesn't have to be about exercise. It could be about nutrition, you know, the way that you eat. You know, paleo eaters obviously have a rule that they follow when they're eating, you know, that's very rule-based. So people should have a health and fitness rule, whether they exercise three times a week, whether they're a paleo eater, whatever it is, it allows them to then act in life with less willpower. And if you've ever heard any of the research on willpower, you've probably heard that it's like energy and it's depleted over the course of the day. So that's why we're, you know, if you're on a diet or if you're trying to eat well, it's easy to eat well to start off the day. But, you know, at 7 o'clock at night after you've said no to, you know, burritos at lunch and, you know, fast food at dinner. And then finally someone puts chocolate cake in front of you at 7 o'clock at night. Your willpower has been completely zapped. But if you have a rule that says I only uh, eat sugary desserts on the weekend once a week and people offer it to you on a Tuesday, you can go, no, I, don't, I just have a rule. I just don't eat chocolate cake during the week. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't agree with me. And then you can just, you know, just brush that off and it doesn't take the willpower. So there's one health rule that everyone should have and, you know, it's up to them individually. I also recommend that people have a rule about what time they go to bed and what time they get up. And I avoided this advice for about seven years. But when I finally followed the advice of going to bed and getting up at the same time seven days a week, my energy was just better than ever. I was no longer tired at two o'clock in the afternoon. I was no longer really tired on Monday and Tuesday and, you know, taking until Wednesday to catch up from, you know, sleeping in and staying up really, really late on the weekends. And so as much as you can stick to your rule of, you know, I go to bed at midnight every day and I get up at 730. And on the weekends, if you stay out till 2, still try and get up till at about 7.30 and have a nap. Because you, 
the closer you can stay to that getting up at the same time every day, it's really helpful. So that's the second rule that I recommend. And the third rule that I recommend to you know, really improve people's mornings is this is the first thing that I do every morning, the number one priority that I work on every morning for this many minutes. And it could be as simple as every morning I get up and I spend five minutes in gratitude. It could be that simple. For me personally, it's every morning I get up and I write for 60 minutes. That Because that's my number one priority in life. For someone else, it could be every morning I get up and I exercise for 15 minutes. Every morning I get up, I do yoga for 35 minutes. Whatever it is, but every morning you get up and you do something productive that moves you ahead towards one of your big goals in life. And so with those three rules in place, you start to get a little more structure and you start to get a little bit more out of life without not a whole lot of effort. I mean, it's not you know, asking you to sacrifice days or weeks on end here. We're just saying, hey, in a few minutes a day, if you follow your rules, you'll just move yourself ahead day by day by day. And, you know, a great example of this is so many authors in the course of history, including, you know, the American horror writer uh, Stephen King. He gets up and he writes from nine until one or two every day. He actually has a word count. It's like 2,000 words. So every morning he's up writing these horror stories while, you know, you're eating breakfast and, and working on your regular stuff. But he's been doing this for decades. And that's why he's churned out over 50 best-selling books, because he has that rule. I don't leave my writing area until 2,000 words are done, and I start at 9 o'clock every day. And so just one little resource for people, if they're interested in writing, you really need to get his book called On Writing. It is incredibly valuable to you. It will help you become a better writer and a storyteller, which is so important in, uh, these days. And you'll also learn about his rituals and routines that allow him to be so productive. That sounds amazing. Stephen King, On Writing? Yes, Okay, I hadn't heard of that. So that is, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll try to link that up too. And um, you had said something else about sleep that I was going to comment on. Oh, just having a bedtime. I mean, it sounds harsh sometimes, but uh, it, that having a bedtime really helps. And it just, it becomes habit. And it's like, hey, I don't eat, the, I don't eat chocolate cake on the weekdays. And then that's just your hard and fast rule. And uh that, that's all there is to it. You know, you don't have to use willpower when that's just your, uh, your response that you just say every single time. And then you don't have to think about it. And, it, and I like the willpower is, yeah, you, you just deplete that bank about decision making, you know, that decision making bank. You have, you have one of those two, or maybe they come from that same, same bank as your mental energy. And you know, throughout the days, you shouldn't have to make that decision at 9 p.m. because you're following Craig's 10-3-2-1 rule and you just know you're not going to eat this close to bed and I'm not going to have that last piece of chocolate cake because it's the weekday. And um, Craig, I, I was just curious if you had any other uh, tips for people on discipline and how they can just stick to your advice here. Yeah, so... I'll, t I'll talk about the five pillars really quickly. And one, one last thing on the rules. Um, people have probably, or maybe, have, you know, you're familiar with Steve Jobs and you're familiar with Mark Zuckerberg. And people are always talking about, you know, these guys wore the same thing all the time. And there's a lot of articles on the Internet about how, you know, all, that was like their rule for fashion because it allowed them to make fewer decisions. You know, so they were able to focus all their energy on important stuff rather than like, oh, what am I going to wear today? So that's, you know, some, some theories on that. 
So now we go back into using the five pillars to get more discipline and success in your day. And the five pillars, I discovered these from all the people that went through my body weight, or sorry, body transformation contest. You know, people use my programs and they lose 30 pounds in 12 weeks. And then they write an essay and they submit it along with before and after photos. And we have a contest and we give away money to our winners. And I read all these essays and I went, oh, that person has this, 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 and this in place. So does this person. So does this person. And they're all winners. And they were uh, what I called the five pillars. And so the five pillars are better planning and preparation. Because if you don't plan, it's really easy for you to get off track, you know, if you, if you know, if you have a bit of a sweet tooth, you don't plan breakfast, and the next thing you know, you're at Dunkin' Donuts, you're gonna have a donut and you know a coffee with a lot of sweetener in it, and the next thing you know, you're crashing, you're tired, you're hungry again in an hour, and it just doesn't, you know, improve your life. So if you plan ahead, you know, this is what I'm gonna have for breakfast, and I'm gonna get up a few minutes early, and I'm gonna be on time, then you're gonna succeed. So always plan ahead for the obstacles that you have in life. The second thing is professional accountability. That's a second pillar. And that's like having a coach or a mentor. And again, it doesn't have to be paid. It could be someone who, you know, your boss could be your mentor where they're paying you to mentor you. Um, it could be your college guidance counselor. It could be one of your old high school teachers that you reconnect with after you've, you know, you've been away for a while and say, hey, you know, I really respected you in uh, high school and you gave me some great advice and I'd love to you know, get some more advice from you maybe once every couple of months when I come home from college. That could be your mentor. And so you need to have them as your coach. They hold you accountable and they're not, they're not gonna hold back and say, hey, listen, I'm kind of disappointed in what you did today because that's what accountability does for you. The third thing is having social support. And I call these having your cheerleaders. So it's a little bit different than having your coach. The social support, your cheerleaders, they're always just going to say, rah, rah, you can do it. Um, they're not necessarily going to say, hey, I'm really disappointed in you. But they're just going to, you know, if you mess up, they're just going to say, ah, don't worry about it. You know, you can do it. You know, get back on track. And they'll also be able to share with you, you know, this worked for me or this didn't work for me. And so that's the third pillar, social support after you have professional accountability and better planning and preparation. The fourth pillar is a meaningful incentive. And in order for people to stay on track, whether they want to, you know, get a raise or get a promotion at work or start a business or lose 20 pounds, you need to have a meaningful reason for why you're doing what you're doing. You know, having young kids is a great meaningful reason to get more energy by exercising or to, you know, improve your lot in life so that you make a little bit more money so that you can improve your children's life. Now, that's meaningful. Buying a new pair of pants or, you know, having some more money to go blow at a bar is not really that meaningful and it's not going to get people to stick with what they're trying to improve in life. So it re you really need to find a meaningful incentive for you. And then finally, the fifth pillar, which is actually the most important, is the big deadline. And I always capitalize it when I talk about it because it's so important. Deadlines galvanize us to action. So you know, in my business, I, I've created a turbulence training certification program for trainers, and I was taking forever to do it until one day I decided I'm going to pay a videographer $300 in advance. I'm going to rent a hotel conference room in advance and pay that, and now I'm out $600. And I've got the date set, so I need to be ready. I need to be there. I need to film. I need to do a great job. And that deadline inspired me to actually get all the work done that I was procrastinating on. And so in my body transformation contest, 
we set a deadline of 12 weeks because everybody can get through the first couple of weeks of a life change just on motivation, but then we lose our motivation. So once they get to about six weeks, then they can say, oh, I'm finally on the home stretch. And as you get to nine weeks, like only three weeks left, I'm going to dial it in even better. Last week, I'm going to be perfect. And that deadline just makes everybody take action in so many beneficial ways for life. So those are the five pillars, Matt. And if you put those in place, you can really change anything about your life, whether you want to get out of debt or find the love of your life. Beautiful, Craig. So you got your five pillars of success. You have your personal commandments. You have your your hard and fast rules, and uh, you know that more structure can equal more freedom. Uh, I I want to ask you, and this is this is a personal question, and also one that I bet a lot of the people who listen to these types of podcasts are struggling with themselves. I would have to say that I am just too damn strict sometimes and I could get too type A and too uptight and I can only use my left brain sometimes and that right hand creativity part of me is where you know that flow state comes from and yeah I get into the flow state every day right and I have a lengthy meditation process where I just see what uh, practice whatever, where I just see what pops up and just am cool with it and let it go and that's all great. But if there's any, but if do you have any advice for someone who struggles with uh, maybe being a little bit too regimented or too disciplined? You have found the flaw in the formula in the perfect day formula. We can take it too far, which is. Um, uh, like you said, the type A person can take this a little bit too far. So now what we need to do is to ironically build into our rules how we're going to structure our lives so that there is time for play. So I have a rule, a personal rule in my little commandments that I always keep the child within me alive. Um, it's a quote by a, a, a copywriter named Ted Nicholas from one of his books, and he just has a great way of living. He works hard, plays hard. And so you need to identify, this is another obstacle, okay? So how am I going to get around this obstacle? And in, you need to have those friends who are completely different than you. You know, the, the type B, you know, they're like, hey, dude, let's go and, you know, have a cerveza. You know, you need those guys who, yeah. like, sometimes you're like, oh, not, not right now, bro, not right now. But sometimes you need those guys to pull you out of the rabbit hole that we can dig ourselves into. And, and I'll be honest with you. Um, a couple of years ago, I was definitely going a little too far down that too structured. And so I did, you know, I took my advice, built in a little bit more of that. Um, it's, it's probably too structured for a type B, but it is structured personal time, social time. Hey, let's, you know, blow off the workout, the structured workout, and let's go for a hike. Let's do something. And you need to do things. You need to objectively look at your life and say, listen, is what I'm doing right now worth what I'm sacrificing to get it? And because that's the big question at the end of the day is all this stuff that I'm doing, you know, sitting in four, in traffic for 45 minutes, is this worth it for all that I'm doing? Um, and so you need to think about that, you know, is, is working till seven o'clock at night and only having 30 minutes for my girlfriend at night really worth it? You know, sometimes you need to back off and really look objectively at your life. And then the last thing, we didn't get a chance to talk about too much, but it's so important is creating the vision for your life. 
And I wrote a very personal vision in the book uh, near the end in chapter 22 about, you know, here's how I want my life to look in three years from now. You know, I, and you actually write the vision as if you've achieved what you want to achieve in three years. You know, I'm married to this wonderful woman with a couple of kids and we live here and we have these friends and we do these, you know, Christmas Eve is the biggest night of the year. And, you know, we're involved in these community aspects, you know, these charities and, you know, these, this is my work schedule and this is when I have family time. And you really need to like think big, you know, 30,000 foot picture. And then that, that will help catch you when you find yourself going down that, hey, I'm going to slip in another 15 minutes of work right now. And, you know, instead of going home and, you know, chilling and watching Netflix, you know, with your uh, the love of your life. So you need to always be cognizant of what you're doing as much as you need to be structured in creating your freedom. Craig, I think that is a beautiful way to wrap up. Sometimes you just have to, <laughs> excuse me, but say fuck it and, uh, <laughs> and just go and do your own thing. I, I will admit I went and I had two cervezas last night and buffalo wings and ran into a buddy who said exactly that oh bro we got to go and surf it da, 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 da. and i was like okay yes i need more of this in my life because uh sometimes you can just go down that rabbit hole so i really appreciate uh craig your perfect day formula how to own the day and control your life uh, craig is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with and uh, also let them know where they can keep in touch with you. Yeah, I just going back to your story about running into your buddy. Uh, at the end of the day, your life is all about the people you spend time with and the experiences you have. Now, you got to draw the line somewhere, of course. I mean, you can't just go and never work, but you need to have a really great you know, balance, for lack of a better word, really great understanding of what matters in your life. And then you combine that because you know, I, I look back at the times I've had, you know, the, the, the greatest times I had, the things that put the smile on my face are the little things in life. You know, it's like my dog running around, um, you know, hanging out with friends, uh, you know, visiting some really cool parts of the world, but, you know, doing really simple things like hiking and, and enjoying uh, nature and wonder. So everyone should be able to design their life so that they live it, you know, really to their maximum potential and live life to the full. And I hope that uh, people will be able to do that with the advice that we give out at earlytorise.com. People can find me on uh, Facebook at turbulentstrengthfanpage.com, which is more of a fitness business. And then they can check out my book on Amazon, Perfect Day Formula. Craig, you're the man. I really appreciate chatting today. Hey, it was really great, Matt. And a, a good call is always made by great questions, and you did a great job. So I really appreciate it. Hey, did you like today's episode? If you did, log on to iTunes and leave us a review. It would really help us out. We try to put out good, free content all of the time. Check out the show notes on under30co.com. Send the podcast to a friend who could use some of the advice. And of course, if you want to travel with us, check out under30experiences.com and 50% off Athletic Greens on the show notes. Thanks for listening.